Hey guys, welcome back to Celebrate the Struggle. I am here today with Jason McCormick, a fellow Army veteran. Oh, I hate when I say that. I don't even like to say it out loud. What's up, Jason? How are you? Oh, I'm living that dream. You know, when you say that, oh, it kind of made my stomach turn a little bit. I know, too. I right? Know, right? Who does that? <laughs> I know. Person. Absolutely. I feel like those words have not come out of my mouth in over a decade. So, Jason, welcome. So glad to have you here. Thank you for your service to our country. And I look forward to hearing a little bit about you and your journey and kind of where things have taken you from there. Um, So tell our listeners and those watching a little bit about Jason, who you are, where you come from, and a little bit about the journey that's led you to where you are now. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on today, Jennifer. You know, my struggle has gone, you know, I started my life, um, you know, in Coshocton, Ohio, a little small town, uh, super small, um, but it's a great town, you know, and then that's where I enlisted in the army in 99. Um, and then I went to, you know, good old Fort Knox. Actually, I actually started out as a lab tech and decided that wasn't my uh, forte. So I decided I want to be outside. So I chose 19 Delta Calvary Scout. And so such began the life of awesomeness that I love, you know, and I still do to this day. Um, you know, so I, you know, so I started there and got married in 2001 to my high school sweetheart and she's still here today. So we're kind of weird like that. Um, uh, but she's, she's my rock and we have three kids, uh, Bryce, Mackenzie and Austin. Uh, one's 19, one's uh, 17, 17. Yeah. 17. And then my youngest boy, Austin is 13. So soon to be empty nesters here in a couple of years uh and about me you know i, I you know so I, I was kind of you know i was raising it you know my mom there was divorced so it's kind of a split household all that mm-hmm. stuff uh, but i learned a lot about myself uh just through the struggles of, of growing up with, with with my parents you know and uh, being divorced and they're the way they you know certain things happen you know where you learn a lot of hard lessons you don't have a, a, a strong i had a strong role model male role model but only you know, every other weekend, you know, right. and so, and so it, it led me to reach out to, you know, like my grandpa or so a lot of my coaches, you know, because I played sports. And so when I joined the army, you know, I, I still was looking for that, you know, and I, and I, my first duty station, like I always say, you know, when I, when I talk to, you know, young soldiers, airmen or anybody, you know, any service member that that first duty station is going to leave a lasting impression on you. And they always do, you know, and, um, and that was probably my best duty assignment, uh, platoon wise, cause it really set a foundation for me to, you know, be resilient, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. very resilient and my ways ahead, you know, cause I was, you know, it was in Germany, uh, Budigan, Germany, a real small place. And again, another small place. Right. Uh, but anyways, but they were amazing people. The NCOs really took care of you. They, they, they trained you and they taught you to be resilient, which would go into more when I, you know, so I PCS in 2003, and then uh, I went third ID <laughs> in 2003, February, got there. They said, hey, uh, I remember calling them and saying, hey, uh, what do I do with my wife and newborn child? I don't know. They're like, hey, your probably best bet is leaving back in Ohio, and, and you come here because within 30 days, you're going to be moving forward uh, for the invasion. So I, I did the invasion uh, back in 2003 uh, for six mm-hmm. months, which was started off started my my journey of 61 months of almost every other year deploying for the rest of my career dang so yeah 
So it was, it was, you know, I did that, went back again in 05, 06, got to do a lot of cool things, got to spend time on uh, every uh, horrible route in uh, Baghdad. So from Route Irish to Tampa um, to, you know, as, as at Rista Maya, so uh, Oilers, all these other ones, you know, all the way up to Cedar City, and then, you know, down to Salma Park and, you know, all these other great, great, beautiful places. Mm-hmm. That, so know, beautiful. Iraq. Yeah, right. Well, some it. of right. them. Like, Babylon was pretty cool. What's that? Babylon was pretty cool. I like it. I was never pretty. got a chance to see that. No. They didn't like us that much. <laughs> <laughs> that then, was just one of the places we, we had drove to. I didn't get to be posted up there, but sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. You're, no, you're fine. And then, and then I joined some inside of me said, Hey, I want to jump out of airplanes. Who does well, yeah. that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, that would be the next step. <laughs> So I jumped, so I went to airborne school inside to be in the, and got sent to the 82nd Airborne. So I spent my next eight years there jumping out of airplanes and where and at? I'm sorry. Another. What's that? Where at? 82nd Airborne. Okay. I mean, in, uh, Fayetteville, Fort Bragg. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have all that kind of stuff no, memorized. I yeah, I know. So where were you posted up um, in Iraq? I'm sure you guys were moving a lot, but well, what? base so in the invasion i started that we ha- really didn't have a place we took over the old bath party living quarters uh, by the airport and uh-huh. did all that and had the areas around there huge area and then we just traveled a lot we went from there to anaconda well yep. before it was that it's just blood at that time they were just yep. establishing that base and then we went out uh we're there for like a month and went out to fallujah to finish up a month <laughs> so we had so we never really in too much uh, that whole time. So then, and then the second time I was, we were stationed at Aristamaya, uh, there in southern Baghdad, right there off of, I don't know, southern Baghdad. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and that's where we were at down there. Uh, and then I got lucky enough. Uh, well, I don't know if I got lucky enough. We, were, we got uh, tasked to go be part of a task force, which was probably one of the most influential points in my military career you know because it really changed me working with that type of high caliber individuals mm-hmm. um and it really helped me you know again that probably what sent me what sent me to be in the 82nd because we just being around those type of folks and the resiliency that they have to do the same to, to be taking down some of the best the worst terrorists at the mm-hmm. time in 05 and uh, so it was it was an amazing time mm-hmm. um and then of course, I went to Afghanistan after that for three tours, four tours actually, and uh, with the 82nd, then one with the 10th Mountain, um, and then retirement after that, and after the Purdue Army ROTC gig uh, was my last gig. So, but yeah, how many years I, I was did everywhere you say? What's that? How many years did you say you served? 21, 21 years. Nice. Yeah. I got so many questions running through my head right now. I try to jot them Just down, them but <laughs> let me try and get it together. I was there in 2004. Have you, have you heard of log base sites? Yep. Yeah. They like condemned it like a year or two after we rolled out, but that was lame. <laughs> that was like 1500 meters from Abu Ghraib. Like their favorite thing is mortars. A little. Yep. I remember Abu Ghraib when it first, we first went in there we had to clear it because i was in a uh, reconnaissance squadron so i was mm-hmm. in 37 cab old gary owen right and so we got to see the 
what was left there. And it really wasn't the prettiest sight of how they mm -hmm. took care of the, the Iraqis, took mm -hmm. care of the Iraqi prisoners, the prisoners. So it was pretty, yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, let me. So, what else was I gonna say? Oh, your wife. So, so you joined in 1999, like right after graduating, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And you got married in 2001. Yep. Like, did you know her from high school, or did you meet her in the like? How'd that work? Well, so we we knew each other from high school. We actually met at some church event, and we we started dating all throughout high school, and we had our little ups and downs, you know, together, not together, you sure. know, the old high school drama stuff. And then when I joined. You know, we started to rekindle everything, and then one thing led to another, and we're getting married in uh, February of 2001. So nice. Was, uh, so I came home from Germany, got married, and went back to Germany without her. You know, it was pretty. Yeah. How is all that? I feel like I totally want to talk to her sometime if she will be willing, even if it's not on here, just personal conversation because. Um, one of the, my second book I'm wrapping up is, and, and more things to come. Like, I really want to hear more perspectives of the war at home, but not just when the soldiers deployed, but what that looks like today, years later, you know, and kind of how that yeah. it, it sticks with all of us, you know? And so, um, for her though, how, like, how, did she, how was that with you being gone all the time? Like, I'm sure it was trying on your yeah. relationship. What kind of support or like, what kind of insight can you, can you offer or share there, especially for people that might be listening to this kind of going through the same things? Well, she, you know, so when I, when I deployed the first time to the invasion, we had, you know, we had, she ended up staying home with her mother. And so her, she stayed at home and so she had a good family support there to help take care of her. Um, and I only talked to her twice the whole time uh, I was in Iraq for the invasion. So that six months, we only talked twice. So it was, there were some letters and stuff like that, but actual talk and everything of that nature. So that was probably, she, would say, she said those two probably weren't that bad. My first one and my mm -hmm. second one, even though the second one, uh, she went, she did, she went back home again because I had two young kids. I had two kids at that time, Bryce and McKenzie. And that was a little bit more trying on our, on our marriage, you know, to a point where mm -hmm. we almost um, decided, you know, probably should go our own way, you know, we, you know, but we, we said, we, you know, when we were talking about that and I remember it was in like November, November or something like that. And I was like, hey, I'm coming home in a couple months. What do you think about, we just pause everything, see what it's like when we get home and then go from there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If it's not there, it's not there. Then we just move on, you know? And we met back up and it was, it was, I don't know. It was like, it fixed everything. Like we knew that we wanted to be, you know, that we still loved each other and we wanted to work at it. And, and we did. And, and it absolutely did. Um, you know, kind of got, she wanted, wanted me to take a break. Um, and I, you know, they said, Hey, you know, all these new brigades are opening up. It's going to be 18 months before their next deployment. And so that's why I chose the 82nd because I knew I was going to go to this, you know, the 473rd Cav. And they said it was going to be 18 months before they deploy again. This was uh, 06, May of 06, right? And so I went to jump school, went there. And anyways, lo and behold, less than six months later, we deployed again in yeah. uh, January of 07. You're like, but so you guys again. said, you guys said 18 <laughs> months. I, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. And so, 
And so I deployed and, you know, and I was, I was pretty trying on her. I mean, she had, it was the first time being by herself. Um, she stayed there in Fayetteville. Um, she had a good network. She was working with FRGs and she had a good, you know, a lot of different white friends. And so it was a little bit, you know, they leaned on each other a lot. Now, of course, that was a 15 month deployment. So that was really trying on her, Mm -hmm. you know, for that 15 months. Um, And that, you know, I got injured there, got blown up a couple of times and, you know, shot at all that good stuff that comes with, you know, combat. And she had to, you know, it was one of the worst things I know for her is when I got injured, I called her, you know, right away say, hey, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not dead. I'm just injured. But then the army called her and the Department of Defense calls and it just like it shook her a lot and she thought I was lying to her playing it down and so you know that was one of the biggest I knew it and we we talked about a couple different times how she hated that and and so we you know that was really trying on her there um Mm -hmm. and then of course then another deployment a year later I got back in 08 and then uh January 08 I know I got back in May April April May anyways and then deployed again in August of 2009. Wow. Year. Yeah. So when did Again, you get out? I got out in uh, uh, May of 2020. So you haven't even been out that long. Like, definitely have been apart far more than you have been out and together. Like, yeah, I think we ended, we added it up and it was a total of like, like from all the training, uh, training events and all the deployments like we've only been actually been married together in the same household for like right. eight years wow eight years. well that's kind of <laughs> that's crazy it is crazy and that's the kind of stuff that like I want to put out there into the world to just enlighten them give it its space you know like combat is yeah, not absolutely. just combat does not just have an effect on soldiers there's those hidden heroes like like mrs mccormick back there clearly a beast like i would have had a nervous meltdown like and you know when you called me up like oh honey i don't even know where i don't even know where the kids are (laughs) like but uh that's fantastic you guys have clearly like kind of beat the odds beat this beat the statistics statistics with with marriage with uh um, military is is kind of lame it's lame like we need to get things in place and be more proactive like way before deployments not just like when you return and suddenly in that transition like throwing all this stuff at you a couple stuff after we get back instead Mm -hmm. of trying to build up that strong couple base that that Mm -hmm. marriage base or that before they even leave to help endure through that and then maybe try and do something in the back end. Absolutely. Have you guys ever done like any of those um, retreats for like both the, oh snap, I'm gonna be blowing up your email with a couple suggestions (laughs) on that. Um, (laughs) Something that you said that like kind of makes me giggle and I don't mean giggle like haha it's hilarious it's more like just us veterans can kind of understand it and it was like when you're like yeah you know and then I got blown up a couple times and that's so like all of us (laughs) just like for for civilians they're just someone had um I was talking to someone recently and you know was telling them like uh you know well my husband was blown up in the truck that my friend died in and they're like it's so weird how casually you just say that. And it's like, hmm? like, oh, oh yeah, that is kind of weird, right? Like for you guys, like, so tell us, can you tell us about that? What, um, 
before your wife got the call from the Department of Defense, which yeah, oh so my gosh, Jace, like what was that? What happened? It was it was kind of weird, you know. Like it wasn't my so when I was in Iraq, of course, you know, we got we hit IEDs. And if you're as long as you could still roll, you kept rolling, or yeah, as long as you weren't missing limbs or anything like that, you kept rolling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, we, it was those times where it was like, that was sweet. Like <laughs> you're like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, we're good. Everybody, anybody missing anything? Anybody injured? All right, let's keep going, you know? Yeah. And, and then you come back and again, they told me that was probably the wrong answer because I ended up going to the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. They said you probably should have got checked out and all this stuff. I was like, ah, well, you know, back then it was mission first. If you weren't dying, you're going out on mission because you yeah. know just how it was. And yeah. uh, you know, so you know, I had, you know, I had my uh, Bradley got blown up a couple of times. I didn't mm-hmm. do anything to it, you know, because it's a tank. So, but other than that, you know, but you know, in Afghanistan, you know, it was a, it was a totally different war. Um, so, you know, I remember driving and we were, we just got done doing the 30, can we used to do 30 day missions? Cause we didn't have a home for the longest time. You know, we got there in, uh, 05 and that's when they brought 10th mountain, extended them for three more months and half their unit was back already in the States and they brought had to bring him back to combat. Right. And they're over in, you know, Oregon, E, Bob Tillman, you know, all these crazy places along Pakistan and Afghanistan border. And so we were out, so we were doing 30 day ops and we were down in, I don't know where we were at, some shithole place there in Afghanistan. And we were driving and uh, we were told the route was cleared and that, you know, the, and then route clearance cleared it. And then, so we, we was like, all right, well, we'll follow it behind them, see if, you know, overwatch them in just case they get ambushed. And well, lo and behold, we came down through a ditch and it was right there and blew the whole front of my Humvee off. And my leg got mashed up pretty good. Um, you know, wasn't able to walk too well. Uh, or, you know, it was, it was pretty bad. I don't I know the stuff I got, I don't really, you know, because I've been yeah. seeing much worse, you know, and. Oh, yeah. Um, and I refused to get medevac. I was like, I'm fine. I'm not going to die. And of course, the boss was like, so I was, I was actually the, the platoon sergeant for the the TSD for the commander, uh, squadron commander at the time. And, I was like, um, I'll be all right. And, and then, so he, so that's when I called Hey, I was just an ID, lost the whole front of my vehicle. I'm fine. Uh, just some bumps and bruises, right? Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, yeah. <laughs> I went and got checked out, had messed it up pretty good, but I just put a brace on it, taped it up, rubbed some dirt on it, and kept going. But then yeah. three days later, four days later, my, my wife got a call and it freaked her out. And she was freaking out pretty bad. And uh, she didn't know what to do. Uh, and then, so I got like I I think we were someplace and I was able to check the email. So I checked the email real quick and saw call me ASAP. I was like, oh no, what's going on? I figured something out with the kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she was she was crying and really upset. I said, listen, I'm all right. Listen, I just wrapped it up. It's it's like a we'll call it a football injury, you know. You, you're mm-hmm. you're hurt for a while, you know, maybe, you know. But I was just always hard headed like that, you know, and yeah. you know, taking shrapnel and but I you know, it's it is what it is, you know, you just you just keep going, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I just totally, as as a man or as a soldier, no matter who we are, because we're bred to think like certain ways. Drive on. Drive on. And I didn't even take into account her. You know, I didn't yeah. I didn't develop empathy, That's... as I like to say, until I did Army ROTC or Purdue. I didn't, empathy was not even a word in my vocabulary at the time, you know? Right. No... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was very uncompassionate like i used to tell her so the army initiated feelings if they wanted me to you know be all 
you know, have feelings, they would issue them to me. And I love that. The them. army didn't <laughs> issue me feelings. Something that they always would say, as I was, you were mentioning that about like rubbing dirt on it. Um, it reminds me of a basic training. They just always said like anything, like you could be gushing blood somewhere or have an allergic reaction or just have a small cold, anything. And they'd just be like, drink water change your socks soldier <laughs> and it reminds me of that like yeah i'm fine i just someone give me some water and a fresh pair of socks like that's there's luxury right there yes <laughs> there's a motrin for you hey, yes. that fixes everything i didn't know you know a motrin could fix you know a, you know everything <laughs> everything <laughs> um so uh, that is good that over time you have learned empathy. I want I want you to kind of share with I'm getting away from again questions because I'm not really good at being formal. Um, what a, what's formal? Uh, right. It's like, like a, a structure. It's I, I'm I'm good with informal. I like it. It's a lot a lot more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. So I you and your wife have clearly made it through like a lot and um you don't just get there like you know holding out and doing it for the kids you clearly have gotten there through being a team and like you've learned empathy you can clearly now look back and see like wow i wasn't even considering what she was going through as you guys continue to navigate life and live life and thrive together um what advice would you get? Actually, I kind of went two different directions. One thing I want to ask is, what advice would you give uh, other people in relationships with um, another military spouse, like going through those hard times, like during deployment or after or 20 years later? Is there anything that you want to say about that? I think uh, communication and honesty, those are probably the two most things that we struggled a lot with in our relationship. Mm-hmm. It was that communication communication, honesty, um, taking yourself and putting yourself in someone else in, in your, you know, snipping other shoes, you know, because we, we all have that one track mind. We do. And it's just, I mean, yeah. we, do. we think our way. We don't try and think like the person across from us might be thinking. No, and, no. And, and, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that I, you know, I learned, I had to learn and we had to learn. Um, I was more of a violator, you know, like, like, you know, that old NCO, crusty NCOs, like, who didn't care, you know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. you know, and so I had to learn that, and that was really hard, and she was way better, because she had the kids, and she was just so much better at this than me, and it, it took us a while to to really nail stuff down to where we could communicate and uh, be honest, you know, because that was one of the biggest things, you know, and is, is the honesty part, because I never wanted, to, like, I still sometimes shy away from telling her, you know, what happened, you know, stuff I've done, you know, sure. combat and all that stuff. And, uh, and I think for the wives, I think one of the things that I've, that I've, you know, through, so that, you know, I do therapy and I've done some other, you know, quite a bit of other things, um, is to have them just listen is, is, you know, we did, we did some couples therapy and stuff. And one of the things we, we learned was, you know, just to listen yes. you know, for the spouse, just to listen, don't judge, don't say anything. Because they're looking for that trusted partner that's right there that they can, they can, you know, if they if they got to cry and let it out, let cry and let it out, you know, let your wife be that shoulder you cry on, you know, or husband, we, Jason, or husband. husband, yes, 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 ma'am, you're right, absolutely, that's my fault, and uh, um, 
and that's probably one of those things that you know that I, that I would say for you know a, a spouse male female mm-hmm. is that you just gotta let them go let them let, let them let them share those experiences even though it may scare the crap out of you just accept that's that's what they've gone through and yeah and to you know you're you're instead of because we're not always we're bad at you know a lot of us are bad at keeping intact with our army buddies or our marine buddies or everybody you know those who we served with you know like you know i talk every now and then with them but it's, it's the same old stuff hey how you doing dip you know what i mean like you know it's we have our own language you know yeah it's, we never rarely do we dig deep into those feelings you know that we have oh, yeah. right and uh and so how do we find that release because you can't mm-hmm. keep them bottled up that's one of the things i've had to learn you know is to release that stuff to uh you know find a way to let it go and, and, and sometimes it's just me in a car you know driving mm-hmm. and crying because some some type of something was said or a smell or a vision or something like that just triggers something and it just brings me down to you know but you know the good thing is it's temporary because I you know I go home and I see my wife and kids and that's you know that's you know those are my like I was telling you you guys are my saving grace from a lot of bad things probably you know mm-hmm. and knowing that I had you guys come home to so right that's great advice listening is just so important so it's just like the biggest part of those relationships and something I would piggyback off of and and also say to the listeners and those watching for people in those situations for advice would be for the veteran as well to be a listener as well when it's time for them to need to talk you know like when I, I did a podcast with um, Sarah Otto, who is one of the founders of Ohana Homefront Foundation, and basically their mission is to provide support to veterans and their family members, and the statistics that she brought to the table on, <laughs> on um, military uh, spouses and family members um, on suicide was insane those are the numbers you you know you always hear about 22 a day you don't hear about the like 60 to 100 in a year of like children and spouses that are taking their lives so I think for just some people that might be in this space uh because we've all been there like you know I know I have like like you have no idea how I feel blah 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 when really like we also don't know what our mom and dad went through while we were there we don't know what our brother sister our kids or even 18 years later like how my kids um what their perspective of me and my husband both of us being combat combat veterans yeah that's yeah that's interesting you know what i mean like you know for you you know i read your bio and it's you know being in the same spot and then you know you know being there and bad things happen you know how does that you know for me it's that's something different new to me it's totally different one thing that is nice is that like you know just like you do with your your army friends like you guys relate on a whole nother level you know you get each other there's that bond there that you won't have with other people and so it's it's amazing to be able to have that with my husband and like and to get that, like we shared the same year together, yeah. we were in the same platoon, actually. Um, and and then so now, like as life continues on here, we're 18 years later and like the 
for example, the bone graft that was done on it because his face was was crushed um, mm -hmm. in that accident. And um, he has to have a whole new bone graft. Like now mm -hmm. it's got to get taken out. New, he's got to go through all the madness again. And so, of course, it is a trigger. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. rocking. It's rocking things. It's making those my friend used a good metaphor the other day, like life is like spinning those plates on sticks. Like that's when your plate starts to wobble. And then me going in and trying to advocate for him, then I'm triggered and I'm over here like a vicious pit bull. And, and so here we are again, 18 years later, and it's just a life that you continue, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy that we, can do it together and whether you have a spouse that is a veteran or not a veteran as long as you like you said communicate listen yeah. have empathy and be mindful then then uh you're killing it i mean drink water change yeah. your socks right <laughs> that's right take a knee face out right <laughs> so what should we uh, oh well, I typically ask people about like your own self-care, like as you, what do you do for Jason, just for Jason to keep his head level-minded and ready to take on the world with a positive sometime? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not always positive, but um, yeah. What do you do for yourself? What kind of, what do you make sure you build into your schedule to get because you said you're going to school right now and you got 3,000 kids that's what I always say about myself I have three and so I'm always like there's like 3,000 so what do you do for yourself because that's a lot that's a lot yeah well I mean that's, that's just something you know I do a lot of things I try to I'm so involved in veterans it's just uh, help veterans but for me I think some of my self-care honestly is um is helping veterans. I, I, to be honest with you, that's because I, I find myself, I, that old leader, you know, you always have people, who, you know, we never think about ourselves. We always put the mission first and our soldiers, mm -hmm. the mission and soldiers come first. And so that's one of those things that I've always carried, you know, even now. And I, I try to like, I don't want to have no responsibility. I don't, you know, retire. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to make decisions. I don't want to do this. But I keep gravitating back to the to helping soldiers, and I think that's my stress. That's that's my self care. I, I do do some drawings. Uh, do do I, you just said do do? <laughs> I did. <didn't> <laughs> <I>? <laughs> it stinks. Anyways, <laughs> that's so, cool that you draw. Well, I, I, I learned it at uh, Marcus Institute for Brain Health. Um, they have a a wonderful art therapy program out there, and I. It was Vera? simply Marcus Institute for Brain Health, Health out in Colorado. I'll, I'll send a link and I'll and I'll get you. It is an amazing place. They take you like TBI, uh, mm -hmm. TBI PTSD combinations, and they do. They just so they've been doing soldiers for the longest, and um, service members. And then now they just opened up uh, with the Gary Sinise Foundation, helping first responders. Awesome. So it's, yeah, and so I so I went there, got tested, and then went and did a three week intensive out, outpatient therapy uh, session, which helped me with my, all my TBI stuff, helped me with some of my PTSD, and then overcoming a lot was my, of course, you know, these drawings that we would do, and we did them in teams. We did the, you know, have you ever heard of the mask? You know, yeah, like the, the half and half. 
well i mean however you want to do it you know what i mean you know like isn't it like, like, mine, like this so this is like mine right here that i did so like how you feel on the inside yeah. not what we see on the outside yes yeah and then you know then uh you know then we did a whole bunch of other stuff but it, you you have to talk about it and that's one of the things that this lady judith does and she really brought out like i was like arch i can't draw i'm not an right. artist i'm not sharing my feelings and then she'd just leave you alone and she'd give you a task and and next thing you know you start putting more into it because you start thinking about it and and I think, you know, that there's a lot, a lot of self-care too, you know, I, oh, yeah. I always keep these items by me, you know, when I'm working, you know, because I work at work from home and do stuff like that. And, uh, and when I start feeling crazy, I look at them, I'm like, you know what, I, I can do better. I can, I'm still on my road to recovery that I, you know, and, and so I, you know, I, maybe I'll do a little something extra drawing on that. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother I has a whole nother thing that I'm trying to get into, trying to start is, is, is art therapy because I, I know if it helped me like this, um, then I know it can definitely help many, many, many mm -hmm. other veterans. And it's and it's something tricky that tricky that uh, you know the VA doesn't really have. They say they do, but I tried theirs and it was nothing like, you know, uh, what what I got from the Marcus Institute. I mean, it right. was nowhere near and you know. So, and, and plus they include your spouses, like the last week, the spouse, they know used to fly them out there, but since it was COVID during COVID, I went, my wife is on, you know, Zoom every day. She had to see the stuff I did to understand how they were, you know, the stuff they were doing with me. And they also helped build that after care um, to help keep you going and stuff. That's cool that they so. bring them in and they make them a part of that. Cause that's what it's all about, right? Like we, yeah. we need them. We need each other rad thanks for showing us your mask by the way um oh god brain fire oh i was going to say um i it's it's almost like i knew what you were going to say about self-care i find it so amazing and not shocking that so many veterans or and people I've asked on here that like that is their self care like that it's so fulfilling to to give back and to be there for other people so I get it and I'm glad you said that because I start to see these repetitive patterns and for people who are following and listening they'll see that so many people say that and I think it's beautiful absolutely I mean that's I think that's the way that's the key to, to ending the suicide you know what i mean by having those mm -hmm. veterans who are willing to care willing to put themselves out there even if we weren't battle buddies in the same platoon mm -hmm. you know we still have that common bond of of serving together you know or or service you know selfless service you know yeah. to any branch and i, I think that's uh because i i do uh i've helped out with a couple of organizations like it's called the warrior reunion foundation and they're what they do is like say you your platoon that you're in 04 uh, they wanted to do a get together and they would bring everybody together and they'd help coordinate, do all that for a weekend of uh, bringing everyone back together, reconnecting. Um, uh, I think don't, I, I don't know everything that goes in with it, but it's really awesome that they do and how it helps uh, the families, uh, families like, like they can bring people can bring their families, uh, gold stars come, come back to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then it's all the platoon or the company 
they all get together and it's just it rekindles and I think that's you know a way of saving the, the lives of veterans by rekindling those old feelings that we had before you know we used to walk down in the barracks and bang on the door if you had an issue or you would go out drinking with your buddy just because he was sad or you want to cheer him up you know and I think those are some some key things that uh, civilians will never understand because they've never had those experiences and we have and we you know anyways yeah. I could go on all day about that so that's because I think there's so many ways that as a society we, we, we can help veterans that veterans can help veterans and, and, and really take care of each other um I it's agree. just so hard for us for us to, to, to do that you know I don't know why but that's you know it's it's just hard for you know everybody wants to be like, oh veteran not every veteran wants a hug you know, sometimes a veteran needs, certain veterans need tough love and they need you just to be there mm -hmm. to give it for them, you know, or just to sit there next to them and drink a beer and that, let them, let them talk, you know, or just give them a call every now and then. Yeah. You know, yep. When it cut, you know, when you said like the statement about like saving their lives, like it, to me, that also means not just saving the lives of those potentially going to take their life, but saving the life that's not wasted and spent, you know, just not just just barely surviving and, and yeah. not thriving like that is so important. Well, I have one last question, but uh -oh. I have something I'm really curious about before I ask you that. Okay on these 30 day missions that you guys would have, what's your favorite MRE? <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you. So we, I'm sure so you got MRE, chow halls. Like I'm sure you yeah. got to go to chow. No. Okay. <laughs> I did reconnaissance. So, so sitting on a hillside, you know, observing for 30 days or stuff like that. Yay. Yeah. That's you know, MREs <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but the great thing about it, it is in the invasion we did uh we had a uh chicken chow mein like we only got hot chow every other day and for some reason the damn meal was only hot days but chicken chow mein so to this day i will never eat chicken chow mein ever again in my life no doubt it'd be right but anyways i really don't have a favorite anymore i used to eat them cold because you would strip them and then whatever you pulled out of your pocket you ate and Mm -hmm. but I do like me some ravioli. I'm a ravioli guy. I kind of like it. You know, you throw some cheese in there, some uh -huh. crackers, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's an amazing meal. Yeah. When you get a chance to warm it up, you know, <laughs> that that's luxury right there. We get to <laughs> warm up your ravioli. All right, Jason, well, I want to wrap it up with kind of just hearing like, what are your plans from here? Like, I know you said you're involved with a lot of veterans and you're going to school. What are your biggest hopes and dreams to be able to continue thriving through this life that's a great question you know and i and i think about that all the time and i think for me if there's no restrictions or anything like that uh, one of the reasons why i got my i chose to go get this mba this business master's business is, is because i wanted to i wanted to be able to put myself in any position within the va to help create change mm -hmm. and we all know that the changes needs to happen. I mean, we can't, I mean, when over probably 95% of your higher echelons in every VA hospital has no ties to military, they're civilians, right? How, who, who's that, who's tying those directors to the veteran? There's nobody. And then, so you, 
you constantly see the upset veteran who's waiting two hours to be seen or other stuff in that nature. You know, there's mm-hmm. nobody there for the veterans. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the things I want to do is to be able to be that person or establish people in those roles throughout the nation in these VA hospitals, in some of these to, hey, I serve, I understand that veteran down there. I understand what they're going through. That's something you don't understand, you know, and help create that bond or that tie to, to get better veteran care, you know? And I think that's, I mean, honestly, that's, that'd be my dream. If I wake up tomorrow and say, hey, you're going to, I want you to, I've dreamed about how I can do it and how I can make it more efficient and make it better for the veterans. And because I think that every, the VA should be a place you love to go, not a place you dread to go. Uh-huh. And, and I think because then you're, you're going to, veterans are going to still count on veterans, right? We, we go there and we talk about how bad we hate the VA. Imagine if we like going to the VA and then if we're having issues, that guy I'm sitting next to starts talking to me without worrying about himself. And then I, I, I get that mental health, uh, health that I might need that I can't get at the time or I'm waiting mm-hmm. on. You know what I mean? Because I got a brother or sister sitting right there next to me and they, we've been, we have shared sacrifices. And so that's, there's so much more to the VA that I think it's not utilized because it's a lot of it's, it's, uh, I think politically based and stuff in that nature that, uh, and there's just, you need more veterans to run a veterans organization, plain and simple. Yes. And they, yes. they got to have vision. They had a vision and the understanding and that empathy for the veterans that they go through that process. Um, and, you know, and that's, like, that's my heart. Like if I could do that and, have a nice a veteran recovery, veteran recovery center that I'd love to have, like to bring veterans, uh, like I'm getting ready to move to Florida, buy about 10, 15 acres, put tiny homes out there or some other homes that families can come down there, which is where I'm living. I'm right between Orlando and Tampa and families can come down there and they can just relax, you know, free of charge. You know, you stay for a couple of days, you know, if you want to talk to, you know, a spouse wants to talk to my wife about, you know, what she's been through and, and, maybe they're having the same issues my wife can share that with them or how I how I survived you know the times I didn't think I was going to survive being in the civilian world and share that with my brothers and my sisters to you know because sometimes it only takes five minutes to help change the mind for someone wanting to kill themselves and oh yeah and so I, I think that you know doing some those are you know the things that for me big scope that's what I would love to do if I had uh, to have that stuff so I could you know take care of these veterans and and the spouses, because I, you know, my wife's currently trying to gather all of her thoughts, and I think she's trying to put a book together on, on our relationship, and I think it would be, it, I read a little bit of it, it really, uh, from her perspective, uh, it, it took me emotionally, I'd say extremely emotionally, um, to see it through her eyes, uh, and it's just really, it's, it's, it's different, wow. you know, and yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be pretty powerful, you know, whatever she wants to do, she wants to try and get it published or do whatever. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it's her way of expressing herself too. And, mm-hmm. and, and understanding Very where therapeutic. we Yeah. Where we came from in, you know, February 10th, 2001 to, you know, February, you know, whatever, you know, because that's probably our hardest part of it. We had to learn how to live together when I came to Purdue and ROTC. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of rocky moments during that time because I've, I was never home and, but anyways, that's a whole other topic there. I could talk those for the last some, four years. Those are some badass goals to have. I, I dig it. You you well, got this. It's in the bag. You're already on yeah. a mission to to get your MBA and just having the passion and love and, and drive. Like, 
you got this. Well, we look forward to seeing your dreams come true, Jason, and being in touch with you so we can continue to watch those dreams unfold. And I hope I get to talk to your wife sometime. Good luck with her on her book and um, good luck to you in school. Be cool, stay in school. I always say that. Drink water, change your socks. And thanks so much for coming on here to get uh, comfortable with the uncomfortable with me. Yes, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure uh, getting to share everything. And I look forward to you know more of your podcast as you continue to help veterans. I think you're doing a service that's beyond what, what I can explain. You know, it's just amazing that you're doing this for veterans. So thank you. Right on. Don't thank me. Thank your recruiter, bud. <laughs>